What's up, guys? I can't believe how long it's been since I've recorded an episode, but I'm so excited to be recording now. I just wanted to at least post one more before the year ends. And um, yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm just a very different person after everything that I've gone through this year. So naturally, this podcast is going to change with me, and I'm really excited about that. I already have really cool guests lined up for you. And yeah, I, I wanted to take this episode to look back and share with you guys what I've learned this year, which has been a lot. There's been a lot of heartbreak. Not like I've fallen in love with people and they've broken my heart, but more I've fallen for people that weren't available and then broke my own heart by falling for them. Um, it's been a really humbling year. I've I've just been noticing how like how am I at cause of of what is showing up in my life and what I mean by that is is how am I creating what I'm attracting and what's happening in my life and through all this pain just learning how to value myself more and how to show up more as a woman that I want to show up as in relationships and in general, of course, but because this podcast, you know, we talk about love and relationships. That's what we're going to talk about today. So one of the biggest takeaways for me this year is that I have been going for or falling for unavailable men. That was always clear to me, really. Um, (laughs) It's always been clear that there's something unavailable about the relationship. But the thing is that up until now, especially in this podcast, I've talked about myself as being the one that is afraid of the commitment and doing the rejecting or, or uh, yeah, just being the one that doesn't like the person as much or um, isn't available for the relationship. And because... And because I've mostly been unavailable and because I was so disconnected from my emotions before, I was able to be in situations where where I was just in a relationship for fun or like or like I had a really strong connection with someone and it felt interesting to explore it or we had great sex. So it was easy for me to be in these situations where where guys also weren't fully available because there just wasn't that emotional component for me of getting um, of getting super attached. But the truth is that that has happened in my life. And I just, I, I was never, I don't know, I guess I just have never been so focused on telling that story. But the more that I've become emotionally available um, and the more that I've, aligned with my intention of finding a partner or being in committed relationships the more that I've looked back and actually seen like wow look at all these situations where I just wasn't super in touch with my emotions but I actually deeply wanted love and also there's the situations where I fell for someone and they didn't like me back and so I either ended things because I noticed that or they um, or they, you know, broke up with me or pulled away or and just in some way um, 
in some way showed me that they weren't that into me. I don't think, yeah, I just, I've never actually been in a situation where someone's flat out being like, I don't like you. I'm just always noticing it and they don't communicate it. And so I'm the one doing the breaking up or, you know, ending a hookup. So, so it's been interesting. It's been interesting to realize that I open my heart and I, I give it, yeah, I just like lean in to relationships where guys aren't available. And that's been important because the only person responsible for that is me, you know, even though in an ideal world, I would love for guys to just be upfront and say, hey, I'm not fully available for this or, hey, I don't like you or like see you as someone who, you know, I want a serious thing with. Sometimes people aren't even aware of that themselves. So I've actually met guys that um, that say they're looking for, for something serious or they're open to it. And maybe they are uh, to, to the degree that they're open to it, but maybe not to the degree that I would desire. And, and so not only um, am I responsible for choosing to be a yes or a no to that, but also be open about what I perceive. I think I've been so focused on, I don't want, you know, to seem as like the coach that's trying to coach them or fix them. I've just, I haven't really known what to say. And the more that I've learned about being in my feminine, the more that I've learned that it's just about expressing your feelings and being vulnerable. And now I can see that the vulnerable thing to say is, hey, I'm scared because here are the things that I'm perceiving. So um, I'll use I'll use someone that I dated this summer as an example. Um, I was perceiving that he was um, like really leaning on me for emotional support and guidance, almost like as a guru and someone that was going to take his problems away. I was also noticing that he he had this relationship to sex that was like a little bit like give and take. There wasn't the the kind of like reverence and sacredness that I have in sex. And um, yeah, I noticed that he wasn't fully in his masculine. I was the one doing all the pursuing, which is something that I'll talk about in a little bit. All these little things that didn't make me feel safe or didn't, or like I, it, it didn't, it didn't inspire me to open my heart to him. And I didn't communicate those things. And, uh, and it's been really important for me to realize that, you know, how important it is to communicate those things because, um, on this, like, like throughout my years as someone that is avo- that has been avoidant, it it always seems kind of random to these guys that I that I you know break up with them or pull away only because I'm not communicating the things that I see. So I don't think that it's about finding the perfect person and finding you know the one that doesn't have shit, but but I think it's important to to share what I see and and share how I feel about it without trying to fix someone, but just actually naming, you know, naming what it is that I see and what it is that I want. Uh, Because 
I see it. And so I've been relating to the to all these guys trying to seem like innocent and um, and not point things out and not say what I expect. And so, of course, that's that's going to that's going to be reflected in, in what I get. Um, the, yeah, there's just been a lot of times of wondering, uh, like, I'm awesome. So why aren't I treated that way? Or why isn't this guy fighting for me? Doesn't he see how powerful and worthy I am and, and unique and special? But I wasn't treating myself like that. I wasn't, um, high, like raising my standards and choosing who I opened my heart with. So, yeah, I just, um, I've realized this year how much, because I don't have that much connection with guys and, um, and I spend a lot of time by myself or a lot of time with girlfriends, whenever I would, whenever I have a, a strong connection with someone, even if it's just sexual, it's like I give it all this importance. And if someone, for example, is pursuing and, and letting me know that they like me, I would just make this into this big thing. Like, oh my gosh, I feel so good to be pursued and look at how he's taking charge and I feel so good and and kind of making that really important. And I think at the time it was. And, um, and, and letting myself get carried away and ignore all the other things that, that weren't, you know, that like the, the really important things just because it feels good to have this attention on me. And um, I wish I'd seen this sooner, but I just saw this video with Matthew Hussey where he talks about this. And he, and he yeah, he, he loves using text messages. So he talks about what happens when a guy just sporadically texts you every now and then and says things like thinking about you. And so as a woman, you're like, oh my God, he's thinking about me. And you make it mean a whole bunch of things that it doesn't mean. And then the guy ends up, you know, not really caring about you, but you end up getting attached or, or like putting a lot more effort than he wants to put in. So I've, I've just been learning to give myself that attention. Um, and, and that those feelings that I get with a man so that I don't get carried away because I, I tend to fantasize. (laughs) I'm a fantasizer guys. So if a guy, you know, is, is pursuing me, I just start dreaming and, and imagining and just getting carried away with something really, really small. And it's been a big reality check of like, come down to earth. Like it, it, it's kind of like, like love is like any other drug, right? So it's kind of the same experience of like drinking. Uh, for those of you that don't drink can relate to this of, or at least like I used to love getting really drunk, but then the next day you feel like shit, right? Or you do things that you regret sometimes. So it came to a point where I thought, you know, it feels so good to be drunk and loose but then the next day I feel like shit and so overall bigger picture this isn't worth it and I and it's something that I have to let go so it yeah it's been sobering and always to realize this and at the same time this year this year I I I very much realized the 
the pattern of, of guys that I'm dating being more in their feminine, which is something that I've talked about in this podcast. And I was really focused on, on, on like the kind of guys I was dating before, I think. Although I was always more, I was always wondering how am I being in my masculine? And one of the ways that I realized this year was the pursuing. Um, I think I was putting, I, I was, I was putting a little too much effort as the one pursuing um, when it came to dating. And so that put me in my masculine. And so I was, I've been calling in a lot of guys that are in their feminine. So one of the big ways is that when I met a guy that I liked, I was doing a lot for them. Um, the, the, I guess the most dramatic example is this guy that I dated this summer where I was planning every one of our dates and um, giving him a lot. Like he was, he was just super hungry for spirituality and personal development stuff and, and was really going through it. So I was, you know, sending him recommendations and giving him referrals and, um, and teaching him things. And at the same time, planning all of our dates. At the same time, thinking of ways of making him feel special. So I did a little striptease night for him and I wrote him a love letter. And when, um, this was, this was a, a relationship that only lasted two weeks. It was like a lovership because I was moving out of Mexico City. So when I moved out, I, I recorded a song for him. Like I, I sang for him on my guitar. Um, yeah, there was just all of these grand acts of love that I was doing for him without receiving them in return. And, um, and then at the same time getting frustrated with him. Like why isn't he doing all these things? Doesn't he like me or doesn't he care? And, and kind of waiting for him to do these things in order to be a yes to him because I really liked him and I was considering the idea of making it work with him somehow like maybe moving back to Mexico City for a little bit or or figuring out where we would go together but I could just kept waiting for him to step into his masculine and um and not focusing so much about how to be in my feminine so I was like okay let me be in my feminine I'm gonna wait for him to do these things but 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 the you know really important part of the feminine is also being vulnerable and showing love through feelings and not so much through actions and providing and leading and initiating. So that was a really good experience because I, I I really got to learn to let go of the pursuing that I didn't actually realize I was doing. But I but definitely when I met a man. I was thinking of all the things that I could do to prove to this person, look how awesome I am. When now that I think about it, it's like I I, I want to show how awesome I am in my in how I treat myself and my standards and not giving away my heart so easily. And this was all possible because this year has been a massive, ginormous purge and exorcism. <laughs> There's this really funny meme, maybe some of you have seen it, 
that's like this guy and then the caption is it's awesome that so many of you are doing therapy but most of you need an exorcism and I really get what that means now (laughs) you know in therapy a lot of the times what we're doing is talking about ourselves and what we've been through and reframing and um and a lot of times what we really need is purge all of our emotions and feel them everything that we've been repressing and and holding on to I yeah I just I I feel like I didn't know who I was and now that I've faced and felt everything that I have this year I feel more connected to myself and and now a lot of things make sense like like my exhaustion or feeling so lost in life there is no way I was gonna feel connected to my direction even though I feel really connected to my purpose of helping people and myself express fully and and um, feel comfortable showing all of ourselves and being truthful. The direction of how to do that and how do I want to coach and um, has not been clear. And also I've taken this year to fully take care of myself and my health. So wow, just putting myself first in every single way has completely reignited my ability and desire to serve and be there for others. But back to feeling my feelings. I did this workshop this year. If you've you've been following my emails, by the way, you have been up to date with some of the things that I've been through. Um, Let me know if you do want to follow my emails. I can add you to my listserv. So I shared how earlier this year I did this workshop that I was obsessed with where we did an exercise. Um, it was virtual. And the exercise was that we had to tell everyone in the room things that we didn't like about them or things that triggered us about them or things that made us not want to get close to them. Fully in the context of everything that we see in the others, a projection and also in the context of like take or leave whatever you hear because it might be helpful and so if it is take it and if it's not leave it I was very excited for this exercise because I've done similar ones um, in another course where it's called fly in the wall and you pretend like you're not there by turning around and everyone talks about you as if you weren't there And it's very eye-opening. And so when it came to my turn, I think I actually volunteered in my group to go first. And it was pretty unanimous from the people that, you know, actually gave me feedback that I give off the impression that like I'm put together and that I'm not, like I'm like holding back my feelings. There's this one guy who said, I just want to put you on a bridge and watch you scream and and scream with you. And there was another one who said, um, my posture looks rigid and I really look like I'm trying to portray that, that I'm really holding it together or yeah, just, just like as if they were saying that I really care about how I'm perceived. And so I'm, I'm holding back and the way that I speak is very, calculated and um and they just want to feel me more 
there there was one of the women in my in this group that was part of my smaller group so every time we met for this class we would meet in a group of three where we just got to share about whatever we wanted and one of these days I was in a really terrible mood and all I did was complain and it was it felt so good (laughs) and she said that the most she had felt me the most the most real she'd felt me was that call when she'd hurt me when she'd had heard me just complain so I woke out of this class feeling ecstatic because I I mean I love when people are that honest it's it's delicious it's infectious and and refreshing <laughs> and for me really eye-opening because it's it's almost like they gave me permission to do what I was scared to do first off um yeah it was just an invitation to be myself more and show myself more more than I imagined because I already am someone that shares vulnerable things but there's always a deeper layer of showing up vulnerably of not um not trying to seem a certain way or or calculate my words or speak for only a specific amount of time because I don't want to just outpour and overshare so it, it was like this invitation to to deepen my authenticity even more and show up messier and not always just put so much focus on having it figured out. I don't know. I feel like it just always gets deeper. I mean, I definitely had the same epiphany a couple of years ago, but this time it made me aware of where I'm still thinking about other people's experience always when I'm talking, when I'm listening. I I, I am someone who's very considerate and who thinks about other people a lot. And that that has its light and its shadow and its shadow is just over focusing on other people and not feeling present, not taking care of my needs, not being super authentic all the time because I'm speaking for others, you know, and really considering how are they listening? How are they feeling as they're listening to me? So I took it as an invitation to just focus on me, sit however I feel comfortable to sit and Share about whatever the fuck it is that I'm sharing, even if it's not helpful or um, um, helpful or, or impa- impactful in any way. This kind of realness is healing on its own. For me, and, and I'm sure you guys have experienced that when someone is just fully real, it is very healing and refreshing. And now I'm, I'm realizing how much I actually don't like it when people try to change for me um I have this friend right now who's who's going through a hard time and we were talking and he you know apologized for being so moody and being such a downer and I and I was like it never helps I mean I don't think it actually ever does anything when you tell someone that they don't have to apologize because that's only something that they're experiencing they it's something that they feel inside of feeling ashamed and sorry for being an inconvenience but I said it anyway and I you know I just said I'm here to be with you and this is where you're at right now and it bothers me more when someone is uncomfortable with themselves or uncomfortable with being themselves and feel like they need to apologize than someone being negative and sad I'm just you know I'm here to 
appreciate and experience any just raw expression of myself and somebody else without trying to fix it or change it in either. It's actually pretty hard to really ever be ourselves with people. Even if even if the intention is to be authentic, I realized that's still a, a concept, that's still an idea. You know, how can I show up in a way that would be perceived authentic as opposed to I'm just going to show up. It's actually really hard to just show up. We're always constantly thinking about the, our identity and how people want to see us and how do, how do we want to show up? What do we want to say in order to be heard a certain way or, or yeah, I mean, it's, it's just constantly happened without, without us realizing. And I, and maybe, you know, I, at least in my experience, it lessens and there's less of a difference between my thoughts and who I am with myself and how I show up with people. Um, but I, I did get to ask myself in those moments, who am I trying to show up as? And that's something that I invite you guys to ask yourselves too. When you are with people, how do you like to be perceived? How do you want to be perceived? And how how do you then show up in order for those perceptions to happen, in order for you to be received a certain way? And getting to play around with it can be really fun, scary, but also really fun, you know? Like, like what happens if I show up today and don't give any value to this person or at least not intentional what happens if I show up with someone and let myself be an inconvenience let myself be a bother so it's not actually about being an inconvenience but we all have ideas about what would be inconvenient to someone else so maybe all I feel like doing today is complaining but that is that in my mind would be an inconvenience to someone so then I'm not going to allow myself to complain And um, you might be thinking, okay, that's so inconsiderate and rude, but there's ways to go about things, right? Like, hey, today I'd actually really like to show up and just complain for a little bit. Is Are you available for that? You know, it can be so helpful to just ask someone and let them know, hey, are you available for me to show up and just complain? And And then trust that they're fully grown adults that can take care of their needs and say no, or when you are complaining or showing up a certain way, trust that they can let you know, I'm not available for this, or I don't feel like listening to you, or it, you're triggering me. It takes a lot of trust. But that's where we can start taking care of our own needs in relationships. Yeah, that... That whole experience was just another one that gave me this permission to prioritize myself and my feelings and understand the impact. Like you not showing up fully, authentically, honestly, and saying what you really think and feel is it it has an impact on others. People want to feel us. People don't want us to show up half-assed. It, it's painful, even. It's uncomfortable. These people who barely knew me were uncomfortable listening to me when they felt like I was holding something back. And so just imagine that. And, and, and again, it's not about what other people think, but sometimes I think we can talk ourselves out 
of speaking the truth and saying something uncomfortable, thinking that it's harmful and not considering the benefits, not considering how healing it is to actually say the truth and, and say the uncomfortable things um, and how harmful it, it is to not or how, yeah, or that, how that impacts intimacy or impacts how, how close people want to be to us. Okay, I want to backtrack to the situation, like to what I've been through with all these guys because I just remembered another one of my takeaways. With every guy that I was falling for that didn't like me back or wasn't pursuing me the way that I wanted, it connected me to feelings of not worthiness and feelings of frustration and aloneness and you know just yeah rejection feeling down on myself which would take me back every time to the source and just reminding me of how I felt as a little girl and and in and when, you know, how I felt when I wasn't chosen, how I felt when I was a little girl that was chubbier and had glasses and, and guys didn't like her, how I felt in my family being the little girl that was never right because all the guys are smarter and men are always right and women are never right and emotions are never better than logic. It, it just kept bringing me back to the source. Everything was happening for me to come back to where the wound was and and heal it and transform. And it's it's what I've learned and what I always love to talk about, which is like all the things that happen in our life happen as an opportunity to come back to wholeness. That and that's something that my therapist reminded me like she literally channeled this from the sky as she said this to me. Something along the lines of our soul is always seeking wholeness. And so we're going to attract people into our lives that are going to mirror to us what parts of us we've lost, what parts of us have been fragmented so that we can reintegrate and come back into wholeness. And when we reach a new state of wholeness, like when we you know, pick an, a piece that has been fragmented and piece it back to ourselves, from there, we call in different people. So let me make this more practical for you or more understandable. Let's say, um, let's say I get, you know, I, I, I like this person and they're not listening to me. And so it connects me to not feeling heard. And so then that reminds me of childhood. And, and it doesn't always have to remind you of childhood, right? It could just be like, wow, here's the part of me that doesn't feel heard. Where am I not listening to myself? Where do I have this belief that I'm not worthy of being heard or that my voice needs to be quieted, that I can't speak up? And then that's an opportunity to love that part and, and for some healing and to say, how can I show up for myself? How can I listen to myself? How can I speak up and, and speak as if my voice really matters? And at some point that becomes like super integrated in you and in, in that now you show up differently and so now you're going to attract a, a you know an, a different kind of relationship one where you do feel heard or maybe in this current relationship 
it transforms because you're showing up differently. And so now the the challenges, you know, that, that you're calling in are different. And also you're just no longer a match to not being listened to or, or whatever that looks like. That, yeah, that, that session with my therapist was like, fuck, for us, such a mind fuck. And at the same time, seeing life this way has always instilled so much, so much trust in me in that there's this grand design made by me in, in helping me come back to myself. And, and it, it's, it's like, that is the only, the natural way that, that things can happen. I really, I really believe that's part of the idea that, that what you resist persists because what you resist is where you're, what you're afraid of and what you're afraid of is only parts of yourself that you don't like or, or things that you don't want to feel. And if we're in this life and the natural course is that our soul is always going to want to come back to itself, it's always going to seek balance, right? There's, I think there's, there's also an idea about that, that like everything that's in balance is always going to want to seek balance. Then you're always going to call in exactly what you're afraid of as an opportunity to face that fear and love the parts of you that, that you don't. I, I, fortune telling almost becomes too easy when you, when you look at it that way. It's like if I'm someone who's afraid of losing control, then naturally life is going to put in my path situations externally or internally where I'm going to feel out of control so that I can heal that and surrender and love whatever is unloved there. Anyway, kind of lost my train of thought there. I don't know where I was going with it, but I do remember that I was talking about how every situation would then bring me to a core negative belief about myself that I got to sit with and listen to and love and reframe and, and let go, you know, and forgive. Forgive um, forgive the, the kid in high school who who um, I, I was crazy about and he didn't like me that much and, and forgive him for just being a teenage boy that was horny and, and just wanted to hook up with me <laughs> and forgive the guy who, um, who didn't want to introduce me to his friends, you know, because he didn't like me as much as I liked him and forgive my dad every time that he said he didn't, you know, f- have the enthusiasm or energy to take me to do things that I wanted to do and and recognize that it was my choice to swallow my tears all those times and not express how sad that made me. Every time that I did that, every time that I allowed th- those experiences and feelings to come up, I I valued my feelings more because I wasn't repressing them. I was actually allowing myself to be with them, which is now how I, how I, how I could be where I am today. It's yeah, it's just so weird. Things that, that used to feel really challenging to communicate now seem easier because I have this new relationship with my feelings where I value them more. And I see where, um, where I got this belief that my feelings don't matter because of situations like the one with my dad, you know, of, well, 
if I'm, you know, I, I tell my dad, hey, I like, can you take me here? And he says, actually, no, I'm kind of tired. And so I swallow my feelings. And in that moment, the belief that gets created is my feelings don't matter or there's no point to share my feelings or men don't want to listen to my feelings or logic is more important than my feelings. So there's no point in sharing. Because I, I I got to change that from the core, from like the moment that those things were created, it became a lot easier to, it just became obvious. Like, of course I'm going to express this thing or like, of course I'm going to, um, like, commu- like, what's it called? Prioritize myself in the situation or name what doesn't feel good. Whew. And um, at the end, you know, in these in these couple of last weeks where it's been more of rising of the ashes and epiphanies and clarity and and the the rebirth after the death, I've gotten to realize that I was so scared of heartbreak uh, because of how it would feel after. But this year has taught me that heartbreak or no heartbreak. There's always more love that comes after because in the heartbreak, I've gotten to love myself more and build a deeper relationship with myself, even though it's been so excruciating and confusing and and, and embarrassing and, um, and frustrating. But it, it has truly provided a space for me to continue to open and soften and be with myself and and love myself love all the parts of myself that that these guys were showing me that I wasn't loving so you know with the idea of I want to call in a, a really awesome partnership but along the way finding this new relationship with myself and and deeper love and um what gets even cooler and lets me know that I'm in my path. And, and I say that in case you guys are wondering, like, how do I know that I'm on my path? Is that I, I, I now see patterns changing, patterns changing in the way that I react to things and also the things that show up. So I've been dating guys that are more in their masculine, which means they're the ones reaching out, taking the initiative. Um, yeah, like being more direct with their with their thoughts or like being more connected to their purpose and um and direction in life whereas before I was calling in a lot of guys that that I was the one taking the initiative they were kind of lost and not sure about where their life was going or or a lot a lot of times the first dates were just honestly like therapy sessions where I don't know if I have a tell me face now but these guys would just start talking to me about all their insecurities and their fears and everything that's not going right in their lives. Um, so yeah, it's, it's cool that, that I'm calling in something different and that I'm reacting to things very differently. So the latest examples of this guy that had reached out and expressed interest in, in talking to me and hanging out with me, but then at the same time talking about this other girl that he reached out to or talking about how he's uh there's so much to explore for him in his single life or uh talking about experiences with uh 
with women or how much he's he's enjoying getting affection and attention from women, things like that. And just recognizing in myself, like, wow, this this is a really awesome human and I'm not going to invest so much as I used to if if someone isn't very clear about their emotional availability and how they are you know they're they're interested in pursuing me and they're looking for a committed relationship and that's not something that was available to me at all at all before because I was I felt so hungry for for the connection and, and and I would just tell myself like, oh, let me just feel good. Like it doesn't matter. I can I can know that this person's not available, but then at the same time, just let myself enjoy. And and that's not where I'm at anymore. And it was cool when I was. And um and now I, it's not something that that I want. And and oh, it's like this year I've I've, I've fallen down enough times to say, for now it's enough. For now I just gotta take care of me. I think there's times to be reckless and just open and just give it my all. But I, I, I also think I can, I can do that with guys that, that express that, that they're in it, you know, and that they, they're committed, maybe not committed to me, but like at least committed to their search of finding the real deal. Okay. And lastly, or maybe I'll share a couple more things. There's also been a lot of healing in resentment and distrust of men. Uh, Having this idea that guys just pretend at first like they value me and want to see me be free and like allow me to be free, but then eventually they'll want to control me. And, um, yeah, I had this session with an astrologer where, um, where we talked about my challenges in relationships, which like I've come to this life as, as that, as my biggest challenge, let's say, which makes sense, you know, that hence this podcast, um, and what was I saying? I was saying something along the lines of not being a fuck yes to to relationship as of yet and and she said something along the lines of like well it makes sense if you think about the relationship the way you have or it makes sense thinking about the guys that you've dated but what kind of relationship would have you be a fuck yes to and the first thing that came up was having the freedom to be myself in the relationship, having the freedom to express myself fully, show all parts of me, not need to hold any of it back, which was a really big epiphany because, you know, the, the minute you can, at least the minute that I recognize something, I now that those are the goggles that I'm wearing. And what was cool is that this guy this summer that I've learned that I learned so much with, um, I actually did feel super free to be myself. And I, and I said that as the intention of I'm gonna, I'm gonna let myself be me in ways that I haven't before. And I, I loved how I could talk about all these things 
like spirituality or just like my woo-woo-ness or um, my passion for, for certain things and, and feel totally received by him. My, my relationships with so many of my guy friends started to change since I had that epiphany. Um, noticing their attention uh, their attention be more more focused, right? Or notice their reflections and how much they appreciated my thoughts and notice myself feel more comfortable with men in, in maybe in times when I, when I was still a little worried of, of am, I being, am I being this enough or am I being too much of that? But instead, fully, fully taking responsibility for that of I don't need them to feel any way for me to feel comfortable my level of comfort is dependent on myself and how much I allow myself to be myself with men. So, so this year I had to let go of the idea that men um, just want to control me and forgive the men in my past that, uh, that it felt like, like that was so, including my family, including past lovers, um, and fully choose that that's not the reality. Fully choose to see it differently. Fully choose that I'm also not being loyal to my feminine lineage because that's that was the case with generations older than me where they were in relationships where they felt trapped and like the man was in control and they couldn't fully be themselves um and instead focus on the evidence that men love me as i am and yeah wow there is uh, there's even actually this moment where the guy from the summer said to me, wow, the, the more you are yourself, the more that I like you and the more attractive that I am to you. So think these things aren't random. We really do get this evidence from the universe that that we create our reality. I, I, I don't know if any of you remember this story that I would tell about how when I was really insecure about my breasts, guys wouldn't take off my bra um, when I was hooking up with them. And I fully believe I was creating that. I fully really think it's a reflection of, of my own insecurities. Sometimes it's nice to hear things like, I love when you express yourself fully. And sometimes that's just a product of, of us allowing ourselves that. And then getting the confirmation from the universe. Hey, it is safe for you to do this. And... and um, and it can come in many ways, not just how you feel, but also people reflecting it back. And then at the same time, letting go of resentments and fear and hatred also meant having compassion. Um, for all the guys that I felt like didn't put in the you know the effort or the initiation that I wanted going back to the same guy this summer for example we're actually friends now and I've gotten to get to know him and understand why he is that way and why he doesn't take the initiative as much and um 
isn't, you know, as big of the one who's a leader in the relationship. When I was dating him for those couple of weeks, it felt like something that was um, like something personal felt like something against me or um, as if it was a, a sign that he didn't care enough or didn't think I was valuable enough for it. But really, it was, it was purely him. And also part of him, you know, he, sh- he shared with me like part of him doesn't even maybe want to be the one that's the, the masculine or, or the leader in the relationship, which is totally fine. Like there aren't actually any rules of what you need to be. It's just a matter of what you want to be. So just really getting to understand that and, and lower my, my guards and my defenses and not, and I remember it's never personal. Someone, someone's actions and words always speak about themselves more than they speak about us. And, and I really thought about that with all of the guys that I still had resentment for of understanding that they were doing the best with their tools at the time. They were also looking out for themselves, protecting their hearts. Um, and at the same time, they, they didn't do anything wrong by not caring about me as much as I would have liked or yeah, I, that's all I could handle in the moment also. So I took a moment to be thankful for all these men for what they did give to me, their attention, laughter, uh, physical touch. And then, uh, acknowledged that all the pain wasn't, their fault you know like like they may have inflicted the pain but I can understand where it was coming from and I can understand that that's all that they could give me and in particular these guys were not intention you know they were not trying to hurt me um they're not bad people so it was very healing to to give myself those reframes and and understand that people are the way they are for reasons and um, it's not always about me. I'm responsible for letting people know how I feel and, and what I want. I'm one, we are all 100% responsible for that. It does not help if we just complain about other people's actions and justify ourselves with that because that's something I'm very familiar with just saying I can't come close to him or I can't trust him because he's done this and he's on that but at the same time fail to bring it up to this person and trust me I I, I, I probably compared to the regular person I do communicate a lot but it's it's even the little things that make a really big difference and it doesn't mean making a big deal about small things but if there's something on my mind, I'm putting it upon myself to address it, talk about it, name it. However, it could it could be in the lightest way. It could be in the heaviest way if it feels really heavy for me. These are the things that, that get in the way for me to open and, and fully trust somebody. So those are just a few of the things this year that I don't want to saturate this episode too much because really I could just go on for hours but like I said it's been a really humbling year who I, I I have a, a reverence to pain and challenges now 
I, I genuinely see it how, like I genuinely experience this year, how it's all part of the grand design of, of taking me back home, back to myself. Letting go of, um, of my identity as a coach, letting go of this podcast, letting go of even writing on social media was also really enlightening and focusing on myself has has given me this whole new level of being able to show up for other people. I led a retreat at the end of this year and in in all of the darkness and the challenges, I was unwavering because that because I, I because I was not afraid to look at my own darkness this year and that is what allowed me to then show up like a rock for everybody else. And I'm just I'm saying that as a brag and a celebration to myself and also an understanding of the th- of of how things sometimes come in in un- unexpected ways. I, one of the things that I wanted this year was to feel more grounded in my leadership, and I would have not thought that this is how it was coming. <laughs> yeah, thank you all so much for listening, for tuning in. Very excited for next year and all the episodes coming. Also, all the ways that I'm supporting. I'm now working once again with one-on-one clients. I'm hoping to do another round of Unapologetic if anybody is interested in a group program of incredibly courageous, awesome women who are showing up to be unapologetic in their lives and express their truth and put themselves first. I will also be leading a couple of retreats next year. So there's a lot of new opportunities um, for the time being until further notice. I'll be in Miami. So if you're in Miami, hit me up and I hope you have a happy new year.